are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to another Thursday edition of Locked On NBA. I am Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked On Rockets. He is Matt Moore, senior NBA writer at the Action Network and co-host of Locked On Nuggets. And we are here to continue our NBA stock market evaluations across the league. And today we are doing the Pacific Division. Matt, are you ready? I'm excited. So many playoff teams from last year, so many likely playoff teams from this year, plus the Kings. That'd be a good I time. feel so I feel so bad for Sacramento. Like you I have just, to. You have to. We'll get to Sacramento eventually, but like we've been doing through our stock market evaluations so far, um, as we've done the Southwest Division and then the uh, Northwest. Yeah, there we go. Um, divisions are hard. Anyways, as we've gone through the first two sets already, we powered through going from the best teams in the division to the worst teams in the division. So, Sacramento, your time will come at the end of the show. But let's go ahead. Spoiler alert, we're selling. (laughs) We'll just get it out of the way at the top. Selling Sacramento. No, they deserve time, okay? We're going to talk about the Kings for a little bit. I'll be damned if we don't. So. Let's get to the Suns, Matt, because the Suns are a fun team, and they're a team that just, you know, they they made the right moves bringing back all of their key pieces this offseason, right? So they bring back Chris Paul, they bring back Campaign, they bring back Kaminsky, who's, you know, not a super integral part, but, you know, they bring back all their guys, right? They add Landry Shamit, they add JaVale McGee. Overall, I'm I'm buying Suns. I think that you kind of have to with, with how they played this past season with how impressive they were just top to bottom across the entire season throughout the playoffs. There's some concerns there. Sure. Another year under Chris Paul's belt. Does father time finally catch up to him? Does he have to give up gluten to continue being as effective as he is right? Gave up, went vegan. Maybe he has to go gluten and gluten free next. I don't know, but I'm buying sons right now. I think the whole concept of this is based off of like, all right, are you buying or selling at whatever price they're at? So the prices are pretty much set on expectation, right? And so yeah. based off of the expectations, like if you're asking me, like, are you buying that the Suns are like a good team? Sure. They have Chris Paul and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and they're well coached and they got good veterans, yada, yada, yada. If you're asking me if I think that they're going to be as good as last year, if they're going to be a contender in the Western Conference again this season, I'm going to have to sell. Uh, oh. I'm not shorting them, but I'll say that I am selling that price. I think this is the best best price you're going to get in terms of the Suns, look, they had the best injury record last season amongst any team, according to Man Games Lost. They simply had great injury luck. Not only did they have great injury luck, they had great injury luck in the season born from Cerberus's mouth. Like, the dogs of hell coughed up last season like a chew toy that had gone down wrong that's what the Suns did last year was they were thrived in that disgusting environment and everything came together. They faced the Lakers and Anthony Davis goes down as well as like everybody else and LeBron's on a hundred percent. And I think that they might've beaten that team anyway. That's my hot take there is like, I like the Suns matchup. Like I asked on Twitter, I was like, why do we think that the Suns don't match up here? And then they match up pretty well, but the Lakers still look like they might've won that series. Then they faced the Nuggets without Jamal Murray. Nuggets can't attack and pick and roll. Then they faced the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard and then they get to the the finals and their their kind of fortunate run runs out. It wasn't just the injuries. This team was really great last year. However, 
you know me and you know that I'm all about win profile. Like what, who did you beat and how? And it's really, you're, it's, if you're able to beat the bad teams, you can be consistent. But the Suns were actually not great in that regard. They were 24 and 10. Of the top six teams in the Western Conference, they had the second most losses to teams under 500 behind Dallas. Uh, meanwhile, they were 27 and 11, absolutely spectacular versus teams above 500 and above. That is by far the best mark. That is three games above the Jazz in terms of that performance. Those are usually pretty coin flippy games, and they were awesome in those games. If you go to clean the glass, they were the top team versus the top teams in point differential by a wide margin. The Suns were killer versus the top teams in the league. And if you're a casual observer, you're probably like, what's, what's the problem? They beat all the really good teams. It was a reason I liked them in the playoffs last year. That's really hard to duplicate. You got to get Chris Paul healthy. You got Devin Booker coming off of the longest season of his career, followed by an Olympics. That's after the bubble run, and then the season before. Like, do you? This is what's crazy: is we're getting all he's these young. Like, he's young. He can handle it. Okay, sure. But like, we're getting all these like like one year ago, and it's like stuff that happened in the bubble. And I'm like, oh my god, there's been two playoff runs in the last calendar year. Oh god. Um, I think it's a lot to ask. I think there will probably be some hiccups. They'll lose a little bit more. I think they'll still be a really good team. I don't expect them to make the finals. I don't expect them to make the Western Conference finals next season. I'm selling the Suns based off of where they are now. I still have them pegged as a top four seed. Where do you have them in your mind right now? I think they're right there. Like, I think here, I think here's one of the, the problems is like, I think you have the Lakers. And then I think you have the Jazz because the Jazz have proven that their regular season model is consistent as hell, even if mm -hmm. their playoff model is inconsistent. It's not even inconsistent; it's just bad. Like they're they're consistently beatable. They're an eighty-two game team. Yeah, you got those two teams at the top though, and then I think after that you got Warriors, Nuggets, Suns, and probably I think one team probably crashes the party, whether it's the Blazers or the Mavericks, um, maybe the Grizzlies get wild and decide to, to mess with stuff. I could see any of those teams, maybe the Rockets and just kidding. Jack. <laughs> I think in general, uh, those there'll be a, a mid tier in the Western conference uh, for three, four, five, and they'll slot in there. And so if it's like, well, if you think the nuggets are contenders, then why aren't the Suns? And it's like, that's a pretty good point. I think that if things fell right for the Suns the way they did last year, then sure. I just can't expect that really to occur. Because I do think that they, they'll probably hit some adversity versus the other teams that hit it last year. It's very rare that you have those kind of like special seasons in back-to-back -back years. That That's pretty rare. My biggest thing, and you, you, you hit the nail on the head here, right, with, with how healthy they were this past season. If they stay healthy, right, it's really hard for me to bet against a healthy Chris Paul. Like that's, my, that's the hard thing for me is but, if they make it to the postseason – they're fully healthy, and even and even Chris Paul this past postseason run wasn't 100 healthy, right? Dealt with the shoulder stuff, was kind of yeah. banged up, you know. I had, you know had a lot of adversity, still came out on top, still was the closer for them at times, was you know able to lead that team, and you know and there were some performances that you and I have even talked about, you know, recapping some of those games during the during the Suns postseason run where we thought Chris Paul didn't play up to expectations, right? Where he didn't, you know, deliver the way that he needed to. But at the end of the day, if he's healthy and on the basketball court and the Suns make it to the postseason, like I'm still fairly confident in their ability to replicate some semblance of what, we, what they did this past postseason. That's kind of where I'm at. That's why I'm still buying them.
I do think final thing here, I think here is like this to me is like why the league is so deep right now, why the parody is so high, because I think you're absolutely right. If the Lakers are healthy, if the LeBron James is healthy, they're going to be great. If the Nuggets are healthy after Jamal Murray gets back, you don't want to bet against Nikola Jokic. If the Clippers were to get back Kawhi Leonard, which we'll talk about them after the break, you know, you don't want to bet against Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. Well, okay. But Less so than you may have wanted to before the last playoff run. Um, you know, Redemption, East, Paul George. Yeah, in the East, it's like, do you want to bet against Kevin Durant? Do you want to bet against Giannis Antetokounmpo? Do you want to bet against Joel Embiid? Okay, I do want to bet against Joel Embiid. But like in general, there's all these guys that you can kind of trust. I think that's one of the problems is it, the NBA next season, as much as it always is kind of a battle of attrition, I think more so next season, not as much as last season, but more so than most seasons, I think it's going to be a battle of attrition. Still another short turnaround. And then finally, after this next season, we will be back to some semblance of normalcy with a regular off-season schedule and, and all that. You just knock on wood, Jackson, right now. All, all of it. My neighbors are going to hate me for that, but whatever. <laughs> with that, coming up, we're going to talk Clippers in just a moment after a quick message from our friends over at Direct TV. Because look, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game. you got another one that lets you gonna stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone probably. And you've got your best friend's neighbor's login for all the other good stuff that you're missing out on, right? Let me tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle. A great way to finally get your TV together. And that's DirecTV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes. No more need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And continuing on here at Locked On NBA Thursday, he is Matt Moore. You can follow on Twitter at HP Basketball. I am Jackson Gatlin. You can follow me at JT Gatlin. Let's get into the Clippers, Matt, because the Clippers are going to be the one team where I'm 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 cautious on, and all of it, all, all so much of it hinges on Kawhi Leonard, right? What his true timetable is for his return. I, I need you to help me out here. Have you what have what have you seen about his timetable? I off the top of my head, I'm blanking. I don't remember. I don't like. Have we do we have a timetable yet? An actual timetable? No, we have nothing, Jackson. We have nothing. Yeah, that's there's what I no thought. Update. I was like, unless I missed something, like there, there's no update, there's no projection, there's no report. Which I guess it's par for the course with Kawhi. So now, look, I'll just tell you, like, this is my, this is how I'm operating, and this is not based off of anything I've heard from anybody in the Clippers or around Kawhi or in the league, which is where I get most of the stuff. Like, there's no burblings out there. Um, this is just how I'm operating. I don't expect him to play at all next season. I think if you look at Kawhi Leonard's history and there's a pretty obvious trend, which is if he gets hurt, then he doesn't come back for a long, 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 long time. And that's okay. He gets to, to make those decisions about his body and he signed his extension and going to make hundreds of millions. And he's won two titles and as one of the top players in the sport, and he gets to make those kind of decisions. And the Clippers are, are obviously any team would be happy to, to have given him that, that kind of money. Um, but he's always been very transparent that, you know, because of the the nature of the injury that occurred in San Antonio, uh, which is described oftentimes as like a degenerative knee injury issue with his leg. Uh, then on top of that, this one that I just don't expect to see him back. 
what I think has been interesting uh, coming from a betting background with action network is that he still pops up on MVP boards. Now that could just be an oversight, right? Like the book is like, I'll have it. Like they put him on there. If somebody wants to bet on him coming back and winning, they can do that. But I just think it's interesting that he's still on those boards that you can bet at MVP at a very, very long odds. I would not do that. Cause again, I don't think he plays at all next year. I don't think he plays a single minute at all. Like part of this is he suffers the tear in what may june july late june late june yeah late june time in late june time is an illusion yeah time is an illusion now um suffers in late june 10 months is usually the return time so let's back up two months that's april that's the end of the nba regular season are you telling me that he's going to come back just for the playoffs that's not happening we know that's not happening you can't throw a guy in off of that injury fresh into the playoffs you can't do that so uh i don't expect to see him at all this season i do not think Kawhi leonard plays at all this season for the los angeles clippers so if we operate under the assumption Kawhi is not playing mm-hmm. i feel like it's a safe bet to sell the clippers okay i feel like they i don't I, i'm not going to necessarily write them off from the playoffs completely but i feel like it's a safe bet to write them off as true contenders and because if it's just the PG and Reggie Jackson led Clippers, like, I'm sorry, that's that's not enough in the Western Conference. It's maybe enough if PG has an MVP caliber-esque season, which he's capable of doing. Absolutely. No slight to PG-13. He could do it, right? He could put the Clippers on his back, carry them all throughout the regular season, drag them to, a, you know, either a playing spot or a seven, six, maybe a fifth seed, whatever goes on an absolute tear in the Western Conference. That's still a distinct possibility. But as far as having enough left in the tank after A, doing that through an 82-game season, and then B, being competitive enough in the postseason after that grueling regular season to really just drag and carry a a Clipper squad that just doesn't have enough at that point. Because at least with Kawhi, even with Kawhi resting games and load management and taking certain nights off, you're still sharing the load with another star. PG-13, at this point, I think he can still carry a team by himself, but I don't think he's going to carry them deep into the playoffs by himself. That's kind of where I'm at. Do you think that the price, like if we're, if we're doing the stock, then it's all about the price, right? So right. do you think the price currently is that they are a still considered a championship contender? Because I would say that after the Kawhi injury, instead they have been largely written off and been downgraded. Um, not to operate purely off of the betting market, but I do think like looking at what a market expectation of them is the fact that their win total is only 45 and a half for next season. Like if you look at them through that lens, what the, the market is kind of saying is that, yeah, they're going to be like a, you know, maybe a six, seven, eight seed next season. If we put it through that lens, are you buying or selling? Do you think that they're going to be worse than that? No, yeah, no, I, I think I think that's kind of you know what I'm I'm glad you reframed it because it, it, that's kind of where that's kind of where my logic was leading me was just I still think they're kind of in that range with PG 13 and the rest of their supporting cast minus Kawhi Leonard, so under that lens, I'd be buying Clippers. So I think they're going to be I think they're going to be better than the people better than the idea that they're just like a non-factor. 
because I think they'll do well in the regular season, one of the things that I think is key there, this team in the playoffs discovered... <laughs> Screw it. I'm going for it. Look, two years ago, uh, the problem was that this team didn't believe in Paul George, and it was mostly because Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell did not believe in that. And there was a, a holdover from the previous team, that team that made the, the first round of the playoffs versus the Warriors and made all that noise. That team really thought that it had something. And... Uh, everyone else believe Clippers. Like, <laughs> everyone else, like, no, no, guys. Like, good job, but no. Um, and so, like, you had, I think, lingering parts of that, and you noticed that when those guys left, and Reggie Jackson, good, good friend of Paul George, comes in, and that team really rallied around Paul George. Like that team found a, a backbone, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say it: I don't think Kawhi's absence is irrelevant in that aspect. I think that Kawhi's presence makes it difficult when he's the best player on the floor because you can't follow somebody who doesn't say anything. Paul may not always say the right things, but his intentions are pretty good about trying to be positive and trying to be a leader. And I think that that team really rallied around him. They are deep. They take a lot of threes. They have veterans like Serge Ibaka, who should be back from injury. Nicholas Batum was great for them last year. They didn't necessarily make a lot of like major improvements, but I don't think they need to. This team, I think, is still going to rattle off 47 to 49, maybe 50 wins. I think they'll be right there in that conversation. But then I think in the playoffs, what's going to happen is they're just not going to have enough firepower. They're going to be one guy short if they run into, unless they run into teams that are shorthanded like they are. I think if they run into a full strength Nuggets team, a full strength Lakers team, a full strength Suns team, a full strength Warriors team, I don't think that they make it out. I think they'll put up a good fight, though, because I think Paul George really has proven that he is still a great player and that his playoff foibles were more, I think, noise than anything else. So I like them to make the playoffs. I like them to be a problem, but ultimately it won't be enough because Kawhi Leonard's out for the season. So like a competitive like six-game first-round series against one of the true contenders. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like a 6-3, a, a three-versus-six seed lost to either the Nuggets, Suns, or Warriors um, in six to seven games. All right. So under the, under those, just to get your locked in, you're, you're, you're I'm buying, buying, I'm, buying buy, I'm buying the Clippers being better than expected. I think that their stock price will rise based off of the, uh, the paradigm that we're working with. I'm looking forward to revisiting these, uh, these breakdowns, uh, these division breakdowns as we progress through the season. It's going to be really fun to go back and see either a, how dead wrong we were or B how on the money we were, which knowing us, I'm going to go with the, the former and not the, the latter. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So with that, we've got three more teams to get to, and we're going to get there in just a moment after a message from our friends over at built bar, because look, these protein bars, they're the best protein bars on the market. If you've never tried them, you got to check them out. Visit built.com. Check out all the different flavors that they have to offer. Raspberry, mint, chocolate, brownie, salt, Salted caramel, strawberry, cookies and cream, you name it, they got it as a flavor. My personal favorite, coconut, brownie, chunk. Matt, what's your favorite built Bar flavor? Strawberry. Strawberry, another good one. Can't go wrong with any of them on their menu. Every single bar, low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great if you're on a keto diet. Great if you're trying to lose weight. And you can check them out. Just visit built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your very next order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. We're also brought to you by Bet Online. In three days, football begins. Well, tonight, really, football begins. But then in three days, the NFL really gets started with, with NFL Sunday. Uh, and Jackson, I'm very excited to let you know, I'm betting on the Detroit Lions. Let's go. Lions over Niners. It's going to be painful for me. But... <laughs> 
if you want to get your action in and maybe go the other way, you want to go to Bet Online. It's your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. You're listening to this on Thursday. You want to get in on this before the game starts. You make a bet on tonight's game between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers boo, and the Dallas Cowboys also boo. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. and Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back on Locked On NBA. And final segment here at Locked On NBA Thursday. And we're going to dive into now the Los Angeles Lakers. Can't believe it took us all the way to the third segment to talk about the Lakers. But we're following the template that we have already laid out doing these stock market analyses. Analysis? Analyses. Analyses. There we go. So with that, Matt, if I ask you, how old do you, do you think the, the collective, the average age is for the Lakers roster? 34. It's just, it's just old. Like I started, it's I typed old. it in. On, I, I just typed it in on my cal, my my calculator, and it just, it's my calculator just withered away. It just like it got Thanos snapped out of existence. That's how old the Lakers roster is. I'm so, I just, I'm so torn on like everything going on with this roster because none of it makes sense. And this is coming from somebody who watched Russell Westbrook in action for an entire season and throughout the postseason bubble. And this is a Lakers team that played against and beat a Rockets team that featured one Russell Westbrook and literally stopped guarding him at the three-point line yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. And they somehow think that that's going to be different this time around. And I just, I, I just pray and hope that whatever team faces the Lakers in the postseason this next season is just going to run back footage from the bubble playoffs of the Lakers defensive scheme and say, see what they're doing there. See how they're ignoring Russ and there's nobody within 30 feet of him. Do that again. And we'll see what happens. So I think they're going to be great in the regular season. <laughs> I think they're going to, I think they're going to hit a wall in the postseason. Okay. Because of Russell Westbrook. I mean, for this team, you have to set the, the, the price at title contender. Yeah. Like they're based off, of the, based off of the value again like, and the market, like, they're supposed to make the finals and lose to the Nets. Like that's going to be what most predictions are going to be is Lakers versus Nets and Nets beat Lakers. That's going to be like all the ESPN preseason predictions will probably be Nets over Lakers, Nets over Lakers with a few random ones thrown in there. Um, so I assume that you're selling based off of that surprise. You don't think that yeah. they'll make the finals. No, I think they're going to, I think they're going to hit a roadblock somewhere in the West before that. My best guess is Western conference finals against whatever team is, rises to the occasion to get to that point, assuming, uh, you know, other variables like health and stuff, of course, but just even a fully healthy squad. Again, it's really hard. I like, there's a part of me that really doesn't want to bet against LeBron James, right? The same way that I kind of echoed the same sentiment about Chris Paul earlier. And you rattled off every other name of the guys that you don't want to bet against, but something, there's just something about these types of players 
like Ben Simmons, Russell Westbrook, Rudy Gobert, who are truly elite talents, right? It's It feels so weird to sit here and criticize them because they are truly elite talents, future Hall of Famers, all this stuff, right? But there's something fundamentally wrong with each of their games or there's a fundamental flaw that can be exposed too easily in each of their respective games. And I don't know how they overcome that flaw. Like, I don't know how you overcome Russ's flaws in the playoffs because they're magnified in the playoffs. And you can't, <laughs> yeah, you can't play him off ball. So I think the problem is that I think you're thinking of this and I, I think I, I, you're not thinking of it wrong. Cause I think that you're, your logic's sound. I don't blame you for selling. Uh, I'm not buying. I'm holding the okay. Lakers um, as title, as Western Conference favorites. The way that I try have tried to reframe this instead of like how people, have, most people approach it the way that you have, which is like, okay, they can win a lot of regular season games, but in the playoffs, they're going to get schemed out. In order to for that to work, you have to be able things have to be equal, right? Like you face an equal team and then it's like, they don't guard Westbrook and the other team is able to uh, like the offense dies and the other team gets past them. But the problem with that is like, everyone assumes the Lakers defense is going to be bad. And I consider defense to be mostly coaching and scheme with a few key pressure points. And they have those key pressure points in terms of LeBron James and Anthony Davis as rim protectors. Um, the rest of the roster certainly got worse defensively, but I don't think it's hopeless. I think a lot of it is going to depend. Like, this is a big one. Does Russ care about defense this year? And it's easy to be like, well, no. Like, Russ hasn't cared about defense since 2014. However, however, Russ has also been asked to do an insane amount offensively. And, like, the Houston, that entire thing was just a mess. It was a mess all the way down. And it was a mess before Russ got there. And it was a mess after. It was a mess from, um, hang on, I got Google when Tillman Fertitta bought the team. But anyway, it was, that's, there was a very messed up situation. And last year, everything was terrible for the first two months of the season. And then the back half of it, the Wizards were actually a really good defensive team, even with Russ on the court. And they were winning games, and Russ was a big part of it. Russ still brings a lot to the table. And if you're like, yeah, but I hear you. But here's the thing is, is you mostly got to think about if you're the Lakers, you need to look at them and think they didn't fix their problem with spacing, but they doubled down on the idea of hyper athleticism and physicality. Like that's what they went for. They're super old, but they're still really athletic and they're still really physical. These guys hit you over and over and over again. And they're counting that over the course of a playoff series that LeBron and Anthony Davis with a little bit from Russ is going to be enough that even if LeBron, if the spacing is bad because they've got a non-spacer on the floor with Russ, like part of it is if you don't help out on Russ, if you or if you help off of Russ, if you just leave him alone, can you bring enough to, can you still stop LeBron and AD? I don't know. I don't know if that's, if that's how that's going to work. I, it might, if you have the right personnel, but the other thing to consider is that in the Western conference, we're short on really great defensive teams. I mean, we're really short on great defensive teams in the Western Conference. Like, it's the Suns-ish, and then the Clippers when they're switching everything, but they don't have Kawhi, and that's it. Like, I don't think you can really... Maybe the Warriors. Like, that's... We'll talk about them in a second. Grizzlies but, were a top-10 defense. Sure. 
I'm not worried about the. I'm not. If I'm the Lakers, I'm, I'm not just, worried. About I, well, yeah, I'm just. I'm just putting it out there. I was. I was racking. I was running through all the Western Conference teams. I'm like, which one was a good defense? Let me like, go ahead and tweet. Jackson thinks the Grizzlies are knocking off the Lakers. Go um, ahead and misaggregate me. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> misaggregate you. Uh, so anyway, that's that's where I'm at with the Lakers. Is uh, I'm holding based off of physicality. Is there a chance it doesn't work? I, yes, absolutely. I don't. Honestly, I don't trust Anthony Davis a whole lot. I don't trust him to stay healthy. I don't like him playing his reticence to play five. The DeAndre Jordan thing is a sign that he doesn't and want to do I, that. I, bad. I think there's one more point, too, that we haven't visited yet, and we've talked about this before, was the idea that LeBron James has gotten to a point where he's not just a one-man offense anymore. Can he be for spurts? Sure. But I think this past season kind of illustrated that there's been that slight step back in his game and it's still, and he's not like father time isn't caught up to LeBron James yet. I'm not saying that don't go and aggregate me like that, but hashtag wash King <laughs> hashtag wash King come for me, LeBron. God, no, it's just, I don't know, right. If he's going to be able to make up for the shortcomings of this Lakers team, right? This isn't a juggernaut. I agree with you. This isn't a juggernaut. This is a beatable team. Yeah. I just don't think that, I'm not with you that I think they will get beat. I think they can get beat. And that difference between will and can is enough to make me hold on my Lakers stock. That's fair. Okay. All right. So I'm selling. You're holding. Love it. Let's get into the Warriors before we get to Sacramento, as we such promised. Um, so with the Warriors, the rich get richer, man. I'm just uh, – the, the fact that they walked away with Kaminga and Moody still like – rubs me the wrong way but that's because i just can't i you know what i i've just i've dealt with a lot of uh, a lot of stuff from the warriors over the years matt okay but all that being said even with my warriors animosity coursing through my veins i'm buying the warriors i'm really excited about what they're going to be able to accomplish this season um iguodala back uh bielitsa adding kaminga and moody uh obviously the biggest question mark is going to be clay thompson uh right what version of clay do they get back how effective is he um is he still the clay thompson of old does he come back like nothing happened um i think there's hopefully some optimism there uh you know coming back from an acl injury in what kevin durant just did this past season so for clay thompson specifically you know i don't think there's a lot of cause for concern it's not like clay was ever like a super you know uber athlete that relied you know on insane athleticism to, to get his work in. I mean, he still needs to be active and be able to run around the floor and get to his open spots and run off ball to do what he's done before. But overall, I think the Warriors are a really interesting team. And like you, like you mentioned earlier, I think they're going to be right in that sweet spot that what three, four, five ish range, give or take, or four five, six ish range, right in that little, in the, in the middle of the Western conference, kind of vying for one of those spots. Um, we saw a lot out of Steph Curry that last season. I'm still going to, going to hang my hat on the fact that he could not drag a subpar 500 team to the playoffs. So come at me, Steph Curry fans. Uh, James Harden, better player. Anyways, <laughs> I'm just I'm going to get so many upset people yeah, coming after me after good. this. I love it. But that is uh, Jackson. Yeah, at, at JT Gatlin on Twitter. Gatlin. Send all your fan mail my way. No, but I'm seriously, I'm buying the Warriors. I think they're going to be a threat in the Western Conference. Like for all the little shot, you know, pot shots that I just took, I think they're going to be a threat. I think that a lot hinges on Clay Thompson, but even without Clay, I still think they're really interesting. 
there's been this discussion of uh, of the Locked On NBA host about what our shtick is going to be. Like, what's our uh, what's our brand of the Locked? I think we should just be like the two guys that don't like Steph in the entire NBA media landscape. Like, that'll be like the only the that'll be like the defining because I'm known as as not a big Steph guy. Love him personally, wonderful human being. Um, yeah, I also am buying the Warriors. I'm buying the Warriors heavy. Uh, I'm buying them. I think that they're going to be in that three, four, five range. I wouldn't be shocked if they got third. I would not be shocked if they made the Western Conference Finals. I would not be shocked if they made the NBA Finals. If you told me everything fell apart, I couldn't be too stunned. They are all over 30. And Wiseman was so bad last year. And Kaminga does look like he is pretty far away. And their roster additions were... Like Otto Porter, which I think is actually a sneaky good one and can work out well if it works out. But if it doesn't, it's going to be get pretty rough and his injury status is always kind of a problem. Um, and that's really like the, the big addition for them outside of like internal improvement from some of their younger guys who I actually liked quite a bit last year, like Juan Toscano Anderson um, and Jordan Poole, who I think is an excellent six man of the year candidate. Look, Steph Curry, when he plays, is the most impactful player in the NBA since Michael Jordan. Uh, LeBron is the best player. LeBron, Steph's the most impactful. And that's been proven by basically any metric you look at. And Steph's any, the best ceiling raiser in the game. Like he yeah. just, he takes yeah. your team to an absolute different level. And I think that to me, and I, right, I took my pot shot earlier about the James Harden, Steph Curry beef, but legitimately, I think that's kind of the distinction between those two players is James Harden is, is an ultimate floor raiser. He can drag a sub 500 team, whatever, to the playoffs and to a higher high seed because of just his play style, the workload that he can handle in the regular season, just all of that. But then when you put Steph on a team, he is the ultimate ceiling raiser. Like if I was to take just any like team anywhere and decide, okay, do I want, am I just trying to drag this team to the playoffs or am I trying to make this team the best version of itself that it can be? Steph's the guy that I want if I want the team to be the best version of itself yeah. that it can be. Um, Steph missed nine games last season. Felt like he missed more, but he missed nine. And those were an important nine. That was like the difference. That's the difference between them probably sneaking into a playoff spot and being in the play in. Right. Um, or facing like a different, you know, having home court, uh, in, in the war, in the Lakers game, whatever, uh, Draymond missed nine games. And some of those were, there were games where Steph was out there without Draymond and he was bad in those minutes. And there was games where Draymond was out there without Steph and he was bad in those minutes. They need to be together. Um, and you get Clay, Clay missed all 72. You get those three back. Moody's going to help. Otto Porter's going to help. I think this team gets back to playing pretty good defense. I think this team gets back to playing dynamic offense. Steph Curry's still going to hit around between 375 to 400 threes, which is just absolutely just bonkers. And that's going to be enough to carry them. I'm buying the Warriors. I'm with you on this. All right. That brings us to it's time. <laughs> Sacramento Kings. All right. Um, where do we set the expectations for the Kings? How low does the bar start? With? No, is I mean, the that's the thing. Is the bar in the... This is the problem. Is like, okay. I, here's the thing. I think let's set the stock at... Let's set the stock as competing for a play-in spot. I'm selling then. Okay. I, I, we, we already established for me, we already established that I, you, you think Timberwolves are going to be the team to make the leap, right? I think that's where you were at. I honestly, I think it's going to be one of these two teams. I think it's going to be the wolves or the Kings. 
I think okay. one and of the and I had Pel I had Pelicans the team that I think is going to make the jump I'm even though yeah, we've I'm talked about the Pelicans. chemistry issues. Right. Yeah, we talked about the chemistry issues there, but I think there's a lot of talent there out of the West, and I think the Spurs are going to fade a little bit. So I think the Pels for me are, the, are that team of the bunch at the bottom of the the bottom of the barrel, the bottom five of the West, who are all just you know doing their own thing. <laughs> with uh, I, I don't see the Kings as the ones making that jump into the play-in spot. Uh, and I think they've got a lot of questions. I like the Davion Mitchell pick. I don't necessarily like, sorry, I like Davion Mitchell. I don't know if I like Davion Mitchell for the Kings, right? Yeah. Got all that money committed to Buddy Heald. You've already got Tyrese Halliburton. Like, I, I just, where what's the fit there? Do you run like a three-guard set? Uh, you know, I, I don't know what they're doing there. I, I'm just, I'm selling Kings. That's where I'm at. Let me ask you something. Sure. If Luke Walton got fired 10 games into the season and just uh, let's say Alvin Gentry, who is uh, an assistant there takes over. I think he's still there. Don't quote me on that. I think he's still there. Um, so are we just aggregating each other this entire show? If Luke Walton gets fired 10 games in and, and let's say it's Gentry, a, a good assistant coach takes over. Do you change your mind? Do you feel differently? Not particularly. No, I, I, I just, I don't see, I mean, I just don't see enough with that Kings team. I just don't like Fox is in, Fox is great. Fox is incredible. Um, I still don't see him being, uh, you know, him and the, the surrounding talent around him. I just don't see enough. I mean, they can run Harrison Barnes at the four and I guess run like three guards out there to, to get the most bang for their buck. Um, with Davion Mitchell and, and Halliburton. And again, I coaching change or not, I don't think the Kings have enough to put it together this next season to vie for a play in spot. So if that's where the bar is at, if that's the expectation, I'm still selling Kings. Okay. If they fired Walton, I would actually be buying. Um, okay. I like Fox. I think they probably trade Bagley at some point between now and the deadline. And they may not get anything back for him, but I just think the chemistry boost would probably help there from a, a number of perspectives. Um, you like Hal Burton. You like Mitchell. I think Rashawn Holmes does fine as like a finisher. Harrison Barnes is a sneaky floor raiser in terms of what he brings to the table. Um, I actually like still like Mo Harkless a little bit. I think that he's kind of been underrated by the last couple of teams and think that he might be able to get his career back on track. Do you think and, they find a scooter for Buddy Heald? And point? yeah, and that's like the other question is like what is, what happens with Buddy Heald? They've got trade pieces. Ultimately, you have to count on them kind of like being the Kangs. I get that. But if it's just they got to get into the nine or 10 spot, I think that they can do that. I think you look at Rockets, you look at Thunder. If the Wolves don't improve, that puts them, you know, at 13. Um, one team will probably have injuries and bottom out. It gets tough to find. I'm willing to admit that. I think like here, I think here's, I think the, the dividing lines, like I think the Kings and the Pelicans and the Wolves all occupy the same kind of tier. And I do think that, that two of those teams will be competitive, but one of them will be ultimately better than the others. I will buy the Kings. Nope, I can't do this. I'm selling. This. I'm out. I'm out. I'm oh man, you you got a I'm sneaky not. eyebrow raise from me, man. I was I, I was gonna give you so much. I was side like, eye right there. I was like, I could do this, and I just I just can't. I just they always find a way, man. It sucks because 
that that fan base deserves good things. The Kings are a cool franchise. De'Aaron Fox is awesome. There's so many ways for this to go well, and they just never get out of their own way. They're all, they always trip over their own feet. It's a bummer. Well, with that, with our with our again, you know, paying our respects to the Kangs, um, we're both selling, right? Or are you holding? Did you? I'm did, sorry. Are you selling? I'm selling not? the Kings. All right, all right, there we go. Okay. Well, we we both sold the Kings. We faded the hell out of the Kings, unfortunately, um, because they haven't given us given us anything to be you know, extremely confident about quite to this point, other than just being the Kangs. So with that, that concludes Stock Market Pacific Division. We will be back next week. Uh, we'll be tackling the Eastern Conference. Don't know which division we're going to do yet. Matt, you want to call it right now or you want to wait until next week to figure it we're out? We're going to start with the Southeast Division. Do you want to know why? Why are we starting Southeast? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I love it. We're starting Southeast Division. It's going to be great. Definitely tune back in for that, as well as just tuning into the show all throughout the week, Monday through Friday. Be sure to subscribe to the brand new Locked on NBA YouTube channel. If you haven't done that yet, please do. Also, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, be it Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new Odyssey app. Wherever you get your podcast, Locked on NBA is free and available on all of those platforms. But for today's episode, that's going to do it. He has been Matt Moore. I have been Jackson Gatlin. Be sure to check out Locked on Nuggets. Check out, uh, check out all of Matt's work over at Action Network. Check out Locked on Rockets. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on NBA.